Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Welcome to a Celtic State of Mind, I'm Paul John Dykes and today I'm joined by six of Axom's contributors to look back on yet another day of disappointment. Kevin Greer, I'm going to come to you first of all, but before I do that, uh, what I would say is your camera's uh, playing up a wee bit, but that's fine. Um, anyone who looks at that performance today right, and tries to pin their hat, and I'm, I'm going to be talking about people post-match in terms of their interviews, pin their hat on a couple of missed sitters and a missed penalty. Um, are the same kind of people that are trying to justify the Dubai trip. I mean, these are the same guys that all season were saying, ah, but we've got two games in hand. And yes, and if we beat Rangers a couple of times, oh, stop overreacting. That, that out there today, Kevin Graham, was absolute powder puff from Celtic. 
It was in the first half. It was definitely in the first half. And I get what you're saying, and I do not back the Dubai trip one little bit, but there was a bit of frustration in that second half because we did have the chances. And that's not, that's not going to take away at the fact that we were beaten by the better football team, the better coach football team, the, better, the team that's got the better culture in the dressing room. And John Kennedy wasn't going to change the culture in that dressing room, and I think that was proved by the penalty kick and the lackadaisical effort by some of the teams. But we did slightly improve in the second half, but it's like putting more hot water in your bath after you've already shot it. Eh? I mean, it's like a waste of time. It's a waste of time showing. It's a waste of time showing that effort in the setting half. Now, after you've had that first half, eh? there's, there's, <laughs> I don't know if these laughs are knowing grins because you've been in that situation. It's certainly not a predicament I've ever had to face, Kevin. But thanks for that visual. Um, John Paul Connors comes in to say disinterested, disappointing, disparaging, disgusting. Anthony Haggerty, would you agree with all of the above? Yeah, Rangers gave us a ball in the second half. We couldn't score. Bobby Madden gave us a penalty. We couldn't score. You know what I mean? The, the, the damage was done after after 1-0. The team, I said in the first half, the team didn't believe they could win after that. 36-year-old was the best player in the park. Steve Davis mm-hmm. tells you everything you need to know. As Kev touched upon there, that culture in that dressing room was spot on at the minute. A 36-year-old, giving his all, scoring an overhead kick inside 10 minutes, set the tone for another Rangers performance where they, you know, they just kind of, you know, they got two goals in front and it was job done. They'll get huffed and puffed to say, now, they did great chances, but we're, waste, we're wasteful. But, as you say, if you're clinging on to that, hope then, uh, you know, you're, you are reading this wrong. I mean, absolutely... Pretty, I thought it was pretty gutless and spineless, to be honest. You know, Interestingly they, enough, Jock, Jock Sporn agrees with you, Tony. Uh, well, there you go. Uh, they they showed up in the second half a wee bit because they had to. They had to mount some kind of effort because they were two down. But you try to tell me Rangers were were bothered. They weren't at any stage, and I didn't think at any stage Celtic were actually going to score and, and haul themselves back into it. And I, I'm not even angry. You just it's, it's it's lamentable that this season it's just become something that we've come to accept, you know. And it's it's just it's that kind of performance is just utterly unacceptable. We move on to tomorrow and hopefully better news with the CEO coming in and a new regime and a new start. And for the minute, for this moment in time, you just have to take your dumps, take your medicine. JP. I did a podcast one weekend on a Celtic state of mind talking about the rebuild, talking about the personnel that may be leaving Celtic Park. When you look at a, a performance like that today, when, I don't know about the rest of you, but when Rangers went one up, I didn't believe that Celtic had it in them. I, don't, I didn't believe that we had the guts to get back into the game. Certainly at half-time, looking at the, the scoreline of 2-0, I didn't believe Celtic were going to pull that back to 2 each. Absolutely not. But in the past, during the, this period of domination, uh, particularly during the, the treble years, I did. So what's changed, JP? Uh, yeah, that's, a, that's a big question. Loaded. Um, I I'd honestly think that the players have just run out of steam. I think it's, it's ran its course... Uh, somebody texted me and said this team is disjointed 
But I would go further than that and say the club is disjointed. And right now the club is disjointed because no one knows what's doing, who's doing uh, X job, Y job, who's who's signing players, who's letting Klamala go. Like no one knows anything, and you've you've got this sort of transitional period now that's about to begin with a handover to Dominic Mackay. And thank God that there is obviously you know uh, steps being taken to, to to clean up the mess. And if the mess involves a lot of those players that started the game today going for whatever fees we get for them, whether they're exorbitant fees, the fees that we might have expected maybe a year or two ago or not because of Brexit, COVID, all the other things that have been thrown into the mix. Um, if that's if that's what's going to happen, then so be it. I won't, I won't lose any sleep tonight if any of those, well, most of those players leave. Well, three of them are on loan anyway. So there you go. It's time. It's time to clean the bath and hopefully find a couple of bath bombs next Christmas. <laughs> I hope you put more in bath bombs. I was thinking more of kind of bleach care for the type of baths you have. Now, Lawrence, on the point that JP has made, um, you're looking sometimes after a game like that, and you do see a lot of comments. William Peden has been watching Celtic for fifty years, and uh, he doesn't believe any of them are worthy of wearing the hoops. Now, my biggest uh, kind of gripe on this situation is. Where did it all go wrong? Uh, because you go from winning a treble to winning absolutely hee-haw, to use a good Scottish term. How many of that team today are going to be playing for Celtic next season for you, Lawrence Cornley? Tell you what, I wouldn't uh, have Diego in the hoops again, or already for that matter. Diego just criminal for professional football, you know, loses the ball, throws his hands up, stops playing. You know, there's a game going on, get back in a position. Eddie, all about Eddie again. Near the end, he's got a chance to slip tumble in. What does he do? No, he'll try and beat a guy in the box rather than slip tumble in the Rangers' defence is turned. It's a simple pass for him. But again, it's all about Eddie. So for me, I mean, if either of those two in the hoops again, it looks like Chris is off. Is John Joe sure enough that we want to keep him? I don't think so. Uh, I think, you know, there's been there. Uh, so Moy, do we keep him for five million? He scored a lot of goals, but doesn't really turn up. I said, as soon as Rangers got to 2-0, they weren't chasing for a third. They might have been, been getting chances, but Rangers didn't really change, chase for a third. You can see, you know, that Diego needed to about 20 minutes into the game. Takes the half-time to do that. Yep. You know, we're chatting that just at, at half-time going, we'll go 4-4-2, four, four, get Griff on. Subs made 20-25 minutes too late. It's 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 poor. Uh, from a lot of players and Kennedy I don't think he's done himself any favours he's not not particularly tried anything that can see that any of us couldn't have predicted kind of 20 minutes earlier than he done it and you know we're amateurs that guy's meant to be a professional and I can't see the changes for it takes him 20 minutes longer to see the changes it's, it's been a mark it's been a mark of Celtic all season I think Lawrence and uh, Aero 250 comes in on a positive note things can't get much worse can they well I would answer that question and say yes uh, all depending on the managerial situation uh, Laura I'm going to come to yourself you've been waiting patiently as is Kevin McCluskey down the bottom of the screen next week uh, we were going to be hopefully buoyed by a result today um, next week has to be the week doesn't it it really does have to be the week after everything 
everything and I'm, I'm using this in the context of football all the suffering of Celtic fans this season and I don't mean suffering in terms of world famine or anything else that anyone's going through but in terms of football we need a pick me up we need an announcement and it has to happen this week um, if it happens this week um, will it be a positive will it be positive enough are we going to get the man we all want well, I hope so. I mean, I think the thing that was running through my head uh, watching that game was we, we've all, uh, some of us for less parts of the season, some of us for more, but we've all been coming on to this platform uh, in front of thousands of people, uh, making statements, uh, saying things about this team that that they then go on and prove you wrong about. Uh, obviously, I mean, Laxalt, there's a lot of people who will have said they wanted Moy last week who will be looking at that this week and thinking he's probably not worth keeping. You, The one thing that you can say right now is with Lennon, with Kennedy, you can't trust either of them and you can't trust any of the players to go out and put a performance in that you can rely on. Um, somebody said it before the game started. I think it was Kevin said before the game started that that before um, when you talked about if so-and-so turns up, we'll play well. If so-and-so turns up and you never used to have to question that. It's gone even opposite way now where you're thinking, I hope they turn up because you, you can't guarantee it with any of them. But yeah, as for this week, um, if there isn't an announcement by the end of the week uh, regarding manager or director of football, at least I'll be very concerned about where we're headed. Yeah, Jungle Line comes in, he shares your views. If Desmond can't see what's in front of him, Celtic are in big trouble. And um, there are going to be uh, a lot of unhappy Celtic supporters if that renewal form does hit the, uh, the map and it's uh, got a couple of signatures on it that we don't want to see. Now, when you're looking at the comments on a Celtic state of mind, it's sometimes so busy, it's hard to keep an eye on the comments and obviously speak to all the contributors. But here's one that ordinarily I would ignore. Um, Taxi DMAC 56 on the way. The reason I'm bringing this up, Kevin, because I like to throw Kevin McCluskey a wee curveball here and there, Um you look at that situation at Celtic, as, as Lauren said, we've got four loanees, three of whom started today. We've got a number of loanees out the door who may or may not come back and be part of a, a squad to be assessed. We've got a number of players who are going to be leaving Celtic. I mean, in that particular episode that I covered, it was upwards of 12, as many as 15 or 16 players leaving Celtic. That's incredible. That's the, the whole magnitude of the challenge facing any Celtic, any Celtic manager coming in. How long is this going to take to rebuild is my question, Kevin, because obviously you've got Rangers fans now looking forward to next season, thinking, right, that pendulum is now swinging in our direction. We are the dominant force in Scottish football. How long is it going to take for Celtic to wrestle that back when you look at the challenge ahead for any new gaffer coming in? I think when you look at the magnitude of that read of the development that's going to have to take place, like you're saying maybe 12, 15 players out, you're going to have to replace them, bring them in. It's not an overnight job. Uh, I think we could be looking at two or three years to rebuild, which is it's embarrassing considering that we've had 10 years to be in a far better position than we're in just now. 10 years when we should have been building for today. Um, but yeah, I think I think it could be a two or three year rebuild job. But on that one of the fifty six on the way, is it not just two that would be on the way? 
<laughs> oh, didn't go there, mate. Jesus, didn't go there. That, that's for that's for all oh. the all the folk with battle fever who are tuning in, uh, Kevin. I'm going to come to yourself, Anthony Haggerty. You're very thoughtful. You're very thoughtful about your football, Tony, and often you can uh, put that into words like uh, very few others can. It's also given me an opportunity to bring up the Duda Bides because he does have the best avatar on YouTube. But he's asking a question, what's happened to Calmac? And it's a question that a lot of Celtic fans have been asking all season. I mean, this isn't the player that we have become accustomed to, is it? The, the performances that McGregor's been putting in this season have been far from his, his uh, vintage. We touched upon this a couple of weeks ago in the pod, didn't we, that Calmac has played an, an extraordinary amount of football in the last, I don't know, four years possibly. I include international football in that as well. I mean, is it possible that he's jaded, burnt out? But certainly this season he's regressed and he's not the natural successor to Scott Brown as captain of Celtic Football Club. That we know for sure. I think Cal Mack just needs to... Do you know what? And, and it wouldn't surprise me if Cal Mack left as well in the summer. Mm. I know Brendan Rodgers still likes him, doesn't he, as a footballer? And see if somebody was to come in and test the waters for a bit for Cal Mack. Cal Mack might actually fancy going elsewhere. So... I, I'm not saying I want it to happen or it will happen, but it wouldn't surprise me if it did. Because maybe Cal Max has had enough as well. You know, just you, you, you expect more from Cal Max, and that's the thing. You expect a hell of a lot more from Cal Max. But this season, when it mattered most, even Callum McGregor's not been able to dig out a hole. And, he's, and Laura touched on it as well. That malaise is set in with far too many players, arguably every one of them. They've regressed because they've not been coached properly this season of all seasons. And part of that's, yeah, part of that's maybe down to Neil Lennon and the man, uh, Neil Lennon that left earlier in the season. But would a new manager coming in get the best out of them again? Probably. But you just don't trust them. You just don't trust them to turn up now on any occasion. Not even on the big occasion, on any occasion. And Cal Max, another one that's been dragged down by the malaise that's and it's affecting the club but it's malfunctioning at every level and you just hope tomorrow it starts to function and get kick-started and go the right way but this is massive this rebuild's massive and any manager coming in will soon realise that within 10 minutes of walking in the door yeah, absolutely. Now, Kevin Graham, um, I always go back to a comment that was made to me by an ex-player who spoke about losing that momentum. Uh, I, I think that's exactly what's happened to Callum McGregor, be that due to the fact that perhaps um, the coaching wasn't up to what he would have expected or the the mood or the culture of the club uh, was different to what it had been before, but it certainly affected Callum McGregor. But what this ex-player told me, it was like putting your car and uh, pulling the handbrake on on a steep hill trying to get it started again and that's how difficult it is to get going again if you've been on a run of form and you've got that momentum and it hits a brick wall to get started again that's my biggest concern now I did make the point very very early on after Neil Lennon came in that Callum McGregor had never played a game of football under uh, Neil Lennon and Celtic's first team because obviously that coincided with his uh, move to Notts County earlier in his career and I wondered and I, I did wonder and it's not an opportunity here for me to kick Neil Lennon um, Tony's brought Lenny up and I'm going to uh, forward, go forward with that, that thought process and I did wonder at the time 
if it was a, a good uh, meeting of minds, if you like, between McGregor and Lennon. And I also think that the other player that's quite obvious, there's been quite a lot who have regressed. The other one that was quite obvious to me, who didn't play much football in the first time that Lennon was in charge, was Tom Rogic. And both of those players, um, I think if Rogic left the building this summer, there wouldn't be many tears shed for him. Um, everything's happened in the past. It's certainly not happened this season. McGregor, for me, though, I don't think he's a captain, Kevin, but he certainly has regressed. When that happens, do you need a manager of the stature of Martin O'Neill or a Brendan Rodgers to come in to kick-start the career of someone like Callum McGregor and others? Well, that's an interesting point that you do make. Um, I see a team that's completely devoid of confidence. It's a team that there is talent there. You've got some of them who have checked out and other ones who are just having a crisis of confidence. So whoever the new manager is going to be, has got that's the first thing he's got to address is that confidence. And I would fully expect whoever the manager is to come in and his first phone call would be to somebody like Callum McGregor who's going to be one of the more experienced players there next, hopefully next season. It will be to James Ford. As the number one audio company, iHeartMedia gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the insights and data you need to grow. iHeartMedia is your access company. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. And it's about changing the culture that Callum's been used to. Just to go back, you see, where did it all go wrong? It went, it went all wrong when we got fat, lazy and arrogant on the 25th of May 2019. And the whole, I would just appointed somebody in the showers. That whole narrative showed we were fat, lazy and arrogant at that point. And that comes for the top. And I think you can actually see that in the performances um, since that point. And we're talking about this season's been an utter disaster. It's never started. But I'm not I'm not as down as what some people Callum McGregor Callum McGregor, Scott Brown, the majority of that team that's been there for the four trebles owe me nothing. Actually, owe me nothing. I can't be really too disappointed with them because they've gave us some great, some great days, nights over the la- over the last four seasons. It's come to an end. A new man's coming in, but I just hope the new man comes in and gets the confidence of these players who are talented and takes us forward. And however, as long as they sell the rebuild right, I'm right behind it. If, if that means losing a league next year, it means losing a league next year. If it, but for me, it's always Europe. If they, if they aim for Europe, the domestic tie will take, it, take care of itself. But we've been absolutely schooled today by a team that plays with a certain style, it's well coached, and I've got confidence. Well, when you're looking at... Um the confidence aspect of that, Lawrence Conley, we do seem devoid of that. Some people say we're devoid of ability. Kevin used strong words. I remember them being uttered on this very podcast earlier in the season and there was a huge backlash that Celtic had become fat, lazy and arrogant. Um, the arrogance, I think we kind of touched on this, didn't we, when we were talking about the domination and people being quite happy and comfortable being the dominant force, whereas others prefer to be the underdog. Do you think that arrogance set in? I mean, listen... We enjoyed it, didn't we? We lauded it when we were dominating Scottish football and when we were um, humping Rangers at home and, and away. We lauded it. But at the time, I'm thinking, well, that's your right. I mean, that's what you do because you're the, you're the better team. But is that arrogance? Is that something that's come back to bite us or uh, is it two completely separate things entirely for you, Lawrence? I don't think they're separate. I mean, Jock Steen touched on it before when he's coach, you know, one of his hardest jobs was convincing the team that they could be beaten on their day. 
Uh, you look at us, we've been beaten a number of times this season. And I think some, some of the players just think, ah, we just come up and we win. And you're going, there just seems to be a devoid where what, what's happening in reality, they're thinking, well, you know, we've been winning for four years. Well, we've lost another game. You know what? I'll be all right next game. There doesn't seem to be the effort and application. It's only touched on it before the game kicked off. We need commitment. Who in the park showed commitment today? Taylor? Who else? Where is commitment uh, from your players? I, I think, I, I think um, Taylor, Taylor done well when he came on. I thought the two centre-halves were fine. Um, I, thought, I actually thought Moy was okay. As well, but all the rest of them were had had absolutely tumble tumble as well. Uh, did I say tumble? I can't remember. Uh, and but all the rest of them had checked out. Uh, Bain done what Scott Bain does. He say he saved a couple of shots in the second half. Um, but it's just it's, that second half summed up our season. It just summed up I nearly maybe's uh, if it can be arsed we'll be arsed and we've never been arsed all season and fair play we, 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 fair play we've probably got what we deserved actually we have got what we've deserved this season the club there's certain people in the club have got what they've deserved this season um, just because of poor decision making and it's not just poor decision making on the 25th of May 2019 it's been poor decision making going right back to when Neil Lennon was appointed the first time then running with our unofficial director of football, appointing Ronnie Dyler, chasing Brendan Rodgers out the door. There's a whole list of litanies of crimes of people in Celtic Football Club that's got to this point. As I say, the players have been f- fantastic for me. I've got I've got no gripe to I've got no gripe with certain players. They've just been caught up in an absolute shitstorm this season. Some of them can go with my best wishes. Other ones I, I, won't, I won't bother if I actually ever see them again. JP, I'm going to come to yourself. It seems like a while since I spoke to you today. So uh, we're looking at this rebuild, and I think that we are in a situation where you look at that team there just now, and you think, well, as I said at the beginning of the game. You know, once the Lonies go back, we've got one right back, we've got two left backs, you know, we've got three centre halves of Ayer leaves. If you're replacing them with quality, I mean what what does quality cost? Because I mean, we made a substitution today and on comes a Yeti and he costs five million quid. The goalkeeper who was sitting on the bench that we brought in, Greek internationalist, he cost five million. Is that the kind of quality are we looking for? Are we looking for players who are going to be in a higher bracket than that? And if we need half a dozen, eight, ten of these players, are Celtic going to make that commitment? I mean, I, I think we need to be looking at uh, exploiting the sort of uh, transfer rules that we did to get Mr Dembele. You know, when we had to just shell out whatever it was, 500,000, like a nominal fee. Is there some sort of cross-border... Uh, transfer embargo. I can't remember the full uh, the full rhetoric of it, but uh, we need to be looking at that because we're not we, we don't have money to go and shell out five, six, seven million in each position. Surely we don't. I mean, I, unless somebody's uh, got access to a treasure trove that I've not heard about, but um, I don't I don't think we've got the, the ability to do that. John Joe Kenny's apparently on something like fifteen grand a week at Everton and. You know, I was texting somebody throughout the game saying, you know, he should probably enjoy that while he can, because he's unlikely to get a contract like that again. Uh, you know who he reminds me of, JP? He reminds me of Adam Matthews. 
Adam Matthews was a better player. Adam Matthews could play further. Adam Matthews is better. I know. There you go then. There you go then. Looks wise, looks wise, and at the level he's played that perhaps. But I mean, today was uh, was was really lost. I mean, if there'd been a full house in there today, I'd I dread to think how much worse it could have got for him uh, with you know that kind of pref- pressure right in his face. Um, Here's a question for you then, JP. If we were to buy him, and I don't think we should, what transfer fee would you want for John Joe Kenny? This this is the whole magnitude of the problem we have at the moment. How much would it take to bring in a player like John Joe Kenny? Well, I mean, if, you're, if he's on 15 grand a week, you're t- probably talking four or five million quid. Easy. You know? and, yeah. and, and, and that's the thing. Hope him for coming. How much the Taylor cost is? He's a better fullback than, than Kenny. So it's, I agree with that. Out if we get a recruitment right. Mm. You don't need to shop, shop in the EPL. You, you know, know two, two bottles of ginger and a sherbet dub dab. <laughs> and you're still overpriced. <laughs> <laughs> but even then, even then, Lawrence and I agree with that. I think that uh, it's all about the recruitment. Absolutely, is all about the recruitment. But a manager like Eddie Howe coming in. I, I guess Anthony will be looking for huge assurances when it comes to the transfer kitty. Um, you know, and a lot of that will be made up, I guess, of players on their way out. Um, I mean, the club are going to have to find investment. And we've said before that, um, you know, they have, you know, behind it or in the corridors of Celtic Park been talking about a vast investment. But a big part of that is going to be in players leaving the club. Yeah, of course, I mean, you, we're all... Divided about El Yunusi. I think if you're spending five million quid, you want the finished article or as close as damn it. El Yunusi to me is just, I touched on it on Friday. That's why he's not worth five million quid. Then you turned up, didn't you? Yeah, I don't want a guy to score against Livingston and think everything's hunky dory. I want to score against Rangers. You know what I mean? Because he always gets 17 goals this season. Great. Who's he scored against? Tell, tell me, someone of repute that you scored against, maybe a couple in Europe. Something. Rangers. Eh, yeah, they scored the last game against Rangers. Right, one, one each. Didn't he win? I want him to score one in Mars when we win. I, I, want, I want to see, see Moy in a team that's confident and plays, and plays, is playing with confidence and playing with verve and playing with... And, and, Would you spend five million quid on him? Yes. Would you be a big chunk of your new manager's budget? You would. Well, you're Eddie, mean, mean, you're basically you're you're basically looking to replace Eddie. So, uh, see whatever we get, whatever we get for Eddie, you, you, you spend on Moy. El Yunusi is not replacing Eddie. I guarantee that. Look, listen, I could have replaced Eddie this season. He's been that poor and that half-hearted about everything he does. You know, it's that's, that's got a huge knock on on the whole team. Whether it's Moy, you know, your midfielders. You don't have a boy to lead the line. You don't have a guy showing a desire. I mean, honestly, about 10 minutes to go, he's got a chance to slip tumble, tumble one and turn the Rangers defence. And Eddie decides, no, I'll try and take it round this boy. It, 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 it's just basics. It's all about Eddie. We've you seen know? that all season, Lawrence, haven't we? Now, Kev, I, I turned around to Kevin. The chance that he misses, right? And I think Kev was being very generous in saying, oh, he couldn't do anything else. Laura Bradburn, I'll come to you. Does this come into the the kind of arrogance that Kevin was talking about earlier he's, he's put his heel on it I think he could have put he could have wrapped his leg around that and it's a, and it's a certain goal I mean just it, do the simple things and get it done the the thing that it reminded me of is is the kind of risk you take when you take a Penenka for a penalty you get it wrong and you make yourself look like an absolute idiot 
Um, and that's bad enough in a situation where you are a couple of goals ahead and you are on easy street. The fact that he didn't put his laces through that to get his back in the game, get his one goal behind, I'll never understand. And he looked shocked that it didn't go in. I don't know how you can be shocked it's not going in because I don't see, even as a professional footballer as he is, I don't see how he could feel that he had enough control over the direction of the ball, the way it was coming into him and the bit of his foot that he chose to hit it with. You're not entirely sure unless you've practised that a few times in a row where it's going to go. So you can't be shocked if it then goes over the bar. It just it spoke to me of an attitude of that he was more concerned about. Um, well, the, the other thing is, even if it had gone in and it, oh, that's that's classy, that's Eddie. We were still two one down. It meant absolutely nothing, and and it just smacked to me of somebody who didn't care either way. Was kind of only out for himself today, and and and. It's probably an attitude that was is more of an issue throughout the squad than just him as well. Two 0 down. How can you showboat at two 0 down and not yeah. get it right? Yeah. Everything you do with attitude and Eddie just thinking, ah well, then he go in. What you're meant to do is batter it into the net, grab the ball, and take it back to the centre spot. Correct, exactly, Laura. That's exactly what you're meant to do. But first and foremost, get it in the net. Showboating it two down. Post went. Post went. It's unforgivable. Post went through. Post went through. Sorry, Tony. Losing money on Eddie. Get a fact. Post went through Eddie's head was this is going to look great on my showreel when I dare I say. And that's been. I mean, you're talking about a guy who's probably been loving out of boxes for the last six months waiting on the move. He's probably t- picking one dish every night to go and cook his pasta with a box and putting it back in the box, hoping he's getting a move, eh? He's it's... not crapping himself in the bath, though. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right, Laura. That, that was a, a good retort. Well done. Uh, Jungle Lion, welcome back to the show, sir. And we look forward to doing this show live from your hut. Um, this season is a perfect storm. We've said that a few times, Kevin McCluskey. We are now... Um, in a season that we haven't won a trophy and that's the first time since 2010 so sum it up for us Kevin where do we go from here I've been saving all the big ones for you pal (laughs) (laughs) cheers Uh, where do we go from here I don't know we need to take stock I think big time Um, we've got two massive appointments that we need to get right if it's a director of football and manager or head coach so, those are they're just two big, two big appointments we've just got to get right. We've got to spend the time on getting them right if we haven't already done so in the background. Uh, and then, as I say, I think it's it's a two or three year rebuild job on the team because there's going to be a massive turnover of players. I don't think we can really expect that to all gel for next season. So, probably from the fan perspective, we're going to have to take a bit of stock maybe I don't know if lowering our expectations is the right word or the right phrase but we're going to have to be prepared that we're not going to dominate for the next couple of seasons Um, but I think as Kevin said before if we've got faith that the the rebuild is on the right path that's what we need from the board and from the club right now Paul Caesar comparing concert exercise Rangers announced Stephen Gerrard on the Monday after Celtic had scudded them 5 nothing, 
at Park Edwin were probably at one of their lowest ebbs. And Rangers said that their new manager was going to be Steven Gerrard on the Monday and gave everybody hope, or every Rangers supporter hope moving forward. Now, Celtic should do the same thing. Because this is probably, as you've just touched on, the lowest ebb for, what, 10 years? So Celtic really need to come out tomorrow swinging. 20. Dominic Mackay, new manager, is going to be this guy or new DOF. And tell them, give give the supporters hope moving forward. And I just because I remember that when all the Celtic supporters were celebrating under Brendan Rodgers when they when they won five 0 at Parkhead and clinched the title, and, and Rangers did that, and a lot of them were like buoyed by that. They said that Gerard would be the man, and yada yada yada. So I think Celtic have to do something similar because it's the only way they're going to offer people hope moving forward. Oh, t- Tony, the the thing I would say in response to that is what did we do the last time we needed a lift? We just said that we're sticking with the guy we've got. Yeah, I know that's... that. I'm not, I'm not talking about sticking with the guy you've got. I'm talking about giving people a major lift. And I think that's what we have to do. I'm just I'm just saying we we haven't got a track record of doing anything to give the supporters a major lift. No, well, it's, well, it's a new it's a new era, supposedly. Kennedy won't fly at all. I mean, we'll look at the European League. Sorry, Lawrence, when you go. When you're talking about new era, look at the European League that's been announced. Obviously, Dick Dermott pulled out the Atlantic League. Probably there's something going on in the background that we should be getting involved with, and I think you know, Dermott will be getting involved in. Paul said, let's talk about investment at Celtic Park. The only thing that make big investment sense is if you're moving to something like a European League. Because I can't see it's splashing out huge to stay in Scotland. For, for me, for me, this season has now crept into the 2000 season territory, and um, if look, we had chances today. We can't, we can't gloss over that fact. We're, we're all, we're all hurting different levels of grief and all that, all that rubbish. But we had a lot of chances today. We're managed by three stooges. Uh, we've got. A team it's what that the majority of them's actually checked out and may still miss six sitters. So for me, decent manager comes in in the summer and we could actually replicate what Martin O'Neill done if we get the appointment right. There we go, off says it. Positive, positive. This is two thousand all again. Right, Here okay. I can live with that, Kevin. Um, we've had seven contributors today, all magnificent. Thanks, everybody, for getting involved in the comments section, and that was on Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. If you haven't done so already, click that subscribe button and get involved on a daily basis. We'll be back tomorrow. Kevin Graham and Russell Boyce will be joined by none other than a man below me here, Anthony Haggerty. Tune in at 12.30 for the bulletin tomorrow, and thanks, everybody, for getting involved in a Celtic state of mind. Patrizio Spagnoletto, Global Chief Marketing Officer, Direct-to-Consumer for Warner Brothers Discovery, weighs in on building trust. 
trust is a really hard thing to build and a really easy thing to destroy. And we have to be very respectful about that. Our partnership with iHeart has really helped us build that trust and that relationship with the on-air talent. As the number one audio company, iHeart Media gives you access to all. Every audience, live conversations, trusted influencers, and the data you need to grow. Go to iHeartResults.com for more. Sports Social Podcast Network. 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 Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.